0: So as I mentioned, I was 10 years old when Raiders of the Lost Ark came out. I remember going to the theater in Owensboro, Kentucky, and being fascinated. I mean, when the opening scene starts up and Indiana Jones is going through to find the golden idol, do you remember? He takes a bag of sand and the idol, and he switches them. And then all of a sudden, he has to run away from the rolling boulder and all of this. I was hooked. Loved Indiana Jones. I even saw Temple of Doom, and I stuck through it to make it to Last Crusade. So if you've watched all three of them, you know, I did see Crystal Skull, but, you know, that was years later. I think I saw it on video or something. But, but there was something about Indiana Jones that just captivated me. I was so excited when my parents brought this whip home, because I was like, I'm going to do exactly what Indiana Jones does, you know, grab things, swing from vines, and all that kind of stuff. I probably hurt myself more than anything. But uh, I also signed up for an archeology span class at the local museum right around that time. So what we did was, um, after I signed up for this class, we went to the. Um, to the local kind of history museum that's there in Owensboro, Kentucky, and we had a lesson. We talked a little bit, and we had a, a teacher that came in that shared a little bit about what archaeology was all about. And then they took us out on a dig outside of Owensboro into one of the hills so that we could um, spend some time investigating and researching for the indigenous people in that area. I remember they had a dig all set up for us in this certain area where... Um, where the folks had lived. And so we got a chance to dig and look for arrowheads and pottery shards and things like that. So much fun. And then we found this area that they had used for their place of worship. And so we looked around and they had stacked stones in certain places and in certain ways. And we looked at them and thought about why it is that they had done the things that they did. It's fascinating. So for a little while,
1: I thought about being an archaeologist, and going off to school and doing that. This week, I had some of those,
0: or a couple of weeks ago, I still had some of those feelings pop up in me the other day, because I heard a sermon that was preached by a scholar in the area of, um, of Bible and church history. Her name's Dorothy Butler Bass, and she preached a sermon called Mary the Tower
1: And it fascinated me, and it got me thinking, because she mentioned at the very beginning
0: that there was a student, a graduate student, who had discovered something interesting about the Gospel of John, and specifically the 11th chapter. That this graduate student had
1: looked through the earliest forms of the Gospel
2: of John and had found that the character of Martha was not present. Now allow me to Bible nerd here
0: for just a little bit. What happened was back in the 1950s, they had an archeological expedition in Egypt, and they were digging around in these certain areas in the caves that were down in that area, they, um, it was near Dishna, Egypt. And as they were in there, they found these big clay jars. And when they opened them up, unsealed them, they found rolls of papyrus. And when they rolled them
1: out, they
2: were some of the earliest
1: forms
0: of what we call different books of the Bible. Some of you may have heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls. This is a little bit different because the Dead Sea Scrolls all had Hebrew scriptures in them. This one had the earliest translations of Greek of the Gospel of John. It's called Papyrus 66. They took it and took it to Switzerland where they had it in a Bible um, museum up there. And people could go and read it. The earliest writings of the Gospel of John. This dates back to 200... CE, that is about, about 160 to 170 years after Jesus' life, this is the earliest complete writing that we have of the Gospel of John. Well, interesting enough, if you wanted to go look at these papyrus, you had to fly to Switzerland, you had to have the right degree, you had to get through all the red tape, you had to put on these crazy gloves and this stuff, and then you spread it out and you looked at it. But thank goodness the internet has come. They have digitized all of these things. So when you look at the front of your bulletin today, that is one of, that's a part of papyrus 66. These were huge, long pieces of reeds and papyrus, the earliest forms of of paper, and that is the earliest writings that we have in the Gospel of John. But as this scholar, this young lady, her name was Libby, when she was looking at these, she looked at them more and more. And the more she looked at them, they're so detailed, she could look. She saw that something was fascinating. There were certain places that the word Martha had been written over another name. And there were other places where the words had been changed just a little bit. Either a scratch had been put through, or a letter that had been added to the end, or things had been written on the outside, on the margins outside of the regular text. And she also found that the ways that things had been translated over and over and over again were just a little bit different. So that in fact, when in, the, in the Gospel of John, on the 11th chapter, the first one, it talks about how Jesus went to Bethany, to the home of Lazarus, Mary,
1: And her sister, Martha, that's how it's usually translated,
2: was actually this. To Lazarus and Mary, his sister.
0: No mention of Martha. And then as you continue on in the scripture, you see that there are less and less references to Martha.
1: If you want to read all 56 pages
0: of the National, uh, of the Harvard Theological Review, I can provide it for you. It's pretty thick. But it's fascinating that something could be different than we have experienced throughout our lives. I loved it because I was asking questions. I was engaging in the text again in new ways. Now, what's always interesting about life is that I have preached on this text at least once, if not twice. You can go back if you want and find them because they're all archived on the podcast. Sadly, anything that I've said, you probably can go back and like see. It's all recorded digitally. And I preached this, and I talked about how cool it was that Martha got to say these things. And little did I know that it might not have even been Martha in the first place. But I kept thinking, this just doesn't make sense. I know all about Martha because I've preached on the other text. That's Martha and Mary. You all probably remember this one, because I enjoy preaching on this one, too. Mary and Martha have Jesus over to their house. And... They're making dinner, and Martha is in the kitchen. She's getting everything ready. She is taking care of everything, making sure that everything is just right, while Mary is sitting in the larger room at the feet of Jesus with the other disciples, and she's learning. And Martha comes in. Remember, Martha, Martha, Martha. I did that in the sermon. And so she comes in, and she's like, Jesus, tell Mary to get up and help me like she's supposed to be doing. And Jesus says, leave her alone. She's doing what she needs to You remember this? I love this story. It's really cool because it places Mary at the feet of Jesus as a disciple, which is really cool. And it's earth-shattering, and we kind of pass over that. So I thought, this is cool. So I remember that story. I was like, look, I don't want to let go of Martha. But then I remembered
2: that story's in the Gospel of Luke. And second, there's no mention of Lazarus. This is just Mary and Martha. Could this be a different Mary? Now, I know you say this
1: is
0: kind of cool, because I know you're all Bible nerds as well, and you're always looking through this kind of stuff. You're like, but why does this matter? Who
1: cares? We got the story. You can preach on it.
2: But here's the deal. Faith is all about asking questions. And here's the thing.
0: What I had done is that the more that I looked into it, the more that I researched, the more that I kind of archaeologisted it. Is that a word? I don't know. But as more as I dug in there and tried to figure it out, I found out there were others that had written about this as well because there were other translations of the Bible that happened after this that didn't have Martha in it. But those were not the ones that stuck around. And those people that asked those questions and said, it seems like that Mary is really the only character in this and that this Martha character that's added to it is a little different. Why is that? They kept asking these questions. They pushed those people to the side. And those are the scholars that are not read. These were right after that time. Instead, more of the religious kind of people within the power structures were the ones that were embraced, and they were pushed aside and forgotten about. I mean, I went through four years of seminary. Yes, it usually takes three, but I enjoyed doing it in four. I had New Testament. I had preaching. I had Hebrew Scriptures. I had the prophets. I had the Gospels. I had all these classes.
2: Nobody told me about this. It's fascinating. Because it asks questions, again, about this. If this isn't the same Mary and Martha, who is this?
0: I love this clip that we got to watch today because as Indiana Jones, who's having to save his dad, if you don't remember, he's having to save his dad and and solve these things to get to the Holy Grail. He has everything written down in this book. He always has these really cool journals that he's written stuff in, which, I don't know, maybe that's why I have this, this love of good paper journals, but he's always writing things in there. And he has all the clues and everything that he seems to need to find the Grail. That's where he had that. Only the penitent man will pass. It's right right there. That's the answer. And then you will only proceed in the word of God. And then finally, the leap of faith. He has all the answers written down on a piece of paper. But what he realizes,
1: it's not just about what's written down. It's about how we live our lives, how we take those steps, what is behind it. There's some other scriptures that are thrown out there, and one of them that just really gets me kind of hurt some every
0: time I hear it. Maybe you have heard this as well. Because as we find out in p 66 that things change. This was all oral history. For generations, people told it around the fires. They told it when they were in rooms and in worship. They told the stories over and over and over again. And finally said, look, we got to write this stuff down. But it was only after 150, sometimes 200 years, that they started writing this stuff down. And every time they wrote it, someone said, no, oh, no, I like that story, but..." I about Mary and Martha, so maybe we need to have Martha in the story as well. So we have to understand that not everything that's written down was part of the original story. So you have to ask the question, where did that come from? And if you just believe the person that's either standing up in front of you, or your neighbor that's leaning over, over the fence, or some mega preacher that's on TV that says, women are be kept silent in, in church, and that's all you believe, you stop there, you don't keep asking
2: questions. You've missed Whose part of the who was this woman that was Lazarus's mother, who was considered the mother that Jesus was going to her house there's another It was Mary of Magdalene. You all kind of heard that. It was
1: a a descriptive term of where she was Mm from. Some of you may have
2: heard that she was a um, that she was a prostitute. I've heard a lot of sermons preached here and there about that marriage. there at the tomb and she she embraces it and shares this moment with him. But if it's Mary of Magdala, it could be the same Mary of Bethany, right? What's interesting though, the you gave, is that there is no such place as Magdala. There is no place. So if it's not a place, what is happening? This word that's added to Mary's name, if you translate it in Greek, it translates as Jesus gives people nicknames, James and John, Sons of
0: Thunder, that's the name, Reverend Chad, Preacher of Thunder, that'd be my, like, WWE wrestling name, I guess, or something like that, boy, that takes me, doesn't it, like, Hulk Hogan, Ah.
2: When the work was rich and she mentioned that. It's like, and stop. If it's all about asking questions, about wondering. Because every time we wonder and ask a question, we don't always just get an answer. Sometimes that answer leads to another question step which leads to deeper understanding. something that we do. How blessed are we to be with Bible nerds, archaeologists, let's dig down deep into the scriptures, engage in life, may it set us forth on
0: Thank you for listening to the White Oak Pond Christian Church Podcast. We hope that it's been a blessing to you this day. White Oak Pond seeks to be a place where we accept one person at a time to Christ's never-ending and forgiving love. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that you can receive sermons each and every week. And also rate us. It really helps. Thank you again, and may you know joy in powerful ways this week.